0: Listening to the New Mamas Podcast. Hey everyone! Before we get started on the episode, I wanted to let you know that we're going to be starting a new series here on the New Mamas Podcast called our Just Chatting series. In addition to our usual Wednesday episodes, Just Chatting will be a more casual, light-hearted series of podcasts released on Fridays that will explore pop culture and other trending topics, all from a motherhood perspective. These episodes will be relaxed and unedited, meant to feel like I'm a busy mom, leaving you a long voice note. Catch our new Just Chatting series released on Fridays here on the New Mamas podcast. Now, let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another exciting episode of the New Mamas podcast. We are going to talk today about something that we don't talk about enough, and that's pelvic floor health and healing. I have Philippa Odeval on today to talk about that. We're going to have a great conversation. She's the co-founder of Moonrise Health, a yoga teacher, doula, and certified hippo press. Uh Uh-oh. You help, help me out. Hypopressives, hypopressives. Okay, well, clearly I need education on that because I have no idea what that means. So, Philippa, let's get started.
1: Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Yeah, you were talking about how Moonrise Health, is it Moonrise Health that acts, serves almost as a postpartum doula? Yeah, yeah, I mean, partly, yes. Partly, yeah. And why do you think it's important for new moms to line up care in their postpartum period?
1: Oh, wow. Because it's an investment for the whole family. Every single second spent to recover and to rejuvenate for a new mother is just an investment for, you know, the world, basically.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I feel like if it's one thing that I did not spend any time on, it was figuring out my own care postpartum. I actually think and I don't think I'm abnormal in saying I didn't even know that I would need care. I think no one ever told me it wasn't wasn't in any baby registry, right? I feel like you fuss so much on what kind of burp cloths you need or the color of your nursery when really none of that matters. Everything, everything having to do with your health matters. And as someone who's looking to get pregnant again and going through the whole birth process again, I am so crazy now about my postpartum health. Like I'm already planning it and I'm not even pregnant yet, but I like no this time around, I will not be conquered by the first time around, which was really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't agree more or like I can really relate to what you say, because as a first time mom, you don't know. People just seem to give birth and go out for a walk the day after with their stroller and, you know, baking the apple pie or whatever when people are coming to visit. That was not the case for me because I... I I just couldn't. I couldn't physically do it or mentally, I guess. So that was a real shock for me.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your postpartum period and what that looked like. Yeah. So I have two kids and the first time around, I was
1: just in shock. I was in so much trauma. Uh, I had birth injuries that no one acknowledged. So everybody said... You're fine, just do your Kegels, you know, and I said, hello, I'm not feeling well physically or mentally, but no one helped me out, kind of. So I was visiting a lot of physiotherapists, midwives, doctors, and no one gave me answers. So that was just adding to my
0: mental illness at that time. If you don't mind, what were the natures of your injuries that you were looking for answers for?
1: Yeah, so the symptoms I was experiencing was basically... So I'm since I'm a yoga teacher I'm um, bodily awareness is important to me and I've always felt a deep connection with my body suddenly that was completely gone and the center of it was the disconnection to my pelvic floor Mm. So that was like the the mental aspect of that was huge for me. Adding to it, I had a sensation of wideness all the time. And especially as a yoga teacher, having this wide vagina, you take in a lot of air in like, you know, (gasps) downward facing dog raising one leg or handstand, headstand, like all those positions and the like the vaginal gas coming from that it never ended it was like and it, it sounds like a fart right so yeah i could do yoga and just be farting in like a minute after certain positions which just broke And my you're heart. like why
0: yeah yeah, yeah. that's so and annoying
1: broken like i i i felt so not like myself basically Mm -hmm. and i'm depressed i guess because i felt parts of my life was taken away from me when i became a mother Mm -hmm. so i mean i was lucky in in the sense i could really connect to my baby and love my baby and take care But the worrying side of me also grew a lot, I think because of the injuries and because of the disconnection to myself. So, you know, like many new mothers, I was checking, is he breathing? Is he like for for a long time and, you know, sleep deprivation and all of that. So yeah, postpartum, the first time around was not so much fun
0: did you ever get any answers to your to like that feeling of vaginal wideness and to, and i'm sure i imagine like you take in a lot of air maybe did it make you feel bloated like that it did you feel like it just feels unco- sounds uncomfortable yeah it's extremely
1: uncomfortable i didn't feel bloated because the air doesn't stay inside so mm-hmm. once once you, like, come to a normal position or, like, you know, with your feet down and your head up, every, all the air will go out because of gravity, because of everything, like, coming back down. But I actually, yes, I did not stop searching for answers. So I came, I live in Sweden. I came to like the central pelvic floor um, hospital here. They told me that I had some um, yeah, s- some broken muscles in my pelvic floor, mm. basically. And that, that was in a way a relief because no everybody up until that point had told me that everything is fine do your kegels so it was you know good to hear in a way that i wasn't just imagining this uh, i was at the same time heartbroken because what they told me was we can stitch you up when you have had all the babies you want to have which was you know i was just yeah i couldn't stop crying for
0: <laughs> many weeks what do you mean stitch you up? Like what was the yeah, like, what did do, they do mean a by that?
1: surgery and stitch me up like they could see that I had tearing and stuff. So yeah. but they, they didn't want to do that if I, I I said that I want more babies um, yeah. or at least one more kids. So then they said it there's no idea, there's no point doing this now uh, because mm. it, probably it will kind of break anyway when you give birth the next time.
0: Yeah. That is not the answer you want to hear. No, not at all. So did you seek any alternative method of healing before you got pregnant again? I did, but I didn't know what to search for.
1: Only thing I could find, like, I think some herbs. uh, And that was like, it's, I I think I also only did my research in Swedish. And though, Mm. like, I couldn't find anything.
0: So it sounds like there was a lot going on postpartum. You not only had physical symptoms like in your vagina, but you also had, it sounds like postpartum anxiety, which I can relate to because I didn't have any of the symptoms of postpartum depression. And I feel like my doctors, no one ever talked to me about postpartum anxiety. So I kept Googling and not finding out what was wrong with me. So I kind of thought that it was normal to feel what I was feeling. And that's, it just wasn't great. So then in between your first and second child, how was how was your postpartum period look like the second time around? Uh,
1: the second time around, it was amazing, actually. I, I gave birth at home. Ooh! Yeah, in my bathtub. Cool. Yeah, so, and that was a dream. Like, it was just amazing. My family was there. I mean, my husband, son, and mother, uh, two midwives. It was just so calm, quiet. It was amazing. It was the best experience I've had in my life.
0: Wow. Um,
1: Yeah. So that felt in a way like a revenge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. I do know what that means. That's how that's the feeling that I'm feeling of like second time postpartum. I'm not going to be as broken as I was the first time. Gosh, what? I agree. I feel like now every time I if I'm able to talk to new moms, it's like my unsolicited advice is like, please postpartum, like take care of yourself, put yourself first. Like, It really does matter. Like that point, the point you made in making an investment, it is not just for you. Like that was one of my key realizations recently is putting myself first is putting my family first, because I just feel like as moms, we are the heart of the household for many times. And You know without us being our best selves it's like the household just doesn't run the same so then tell me a little bit more about like pelvic floor health and your journey with that yeah so uh, my
1: second postpartum journey was amazing up until about three months Mm -hmm. when so i took good care of myself i did a lot more research i was you know resting a lot more and compared to the first time i took good care of myself if i would have a number three i would you know do that times a thousand i think Mm. Uh, i've learned so much more now so about three months after my second son was born i was just playing with the kids like it was a normal day and i was like something is in my underwear what's in my underwear i went into the bathroom i looked nothing was there but then throughout the day, it, I had that sensation. And it just, it was just like, oh, this is so weird. Finally, when I put the kids to sleep that night, I went to the toilet, I took a mirror, I looked in my vagina, and there was, it looked like a small pink ball, like a golf ball size came out of my vagina. Wow! I was in complete shock. I was like, I I had no clue what it was. I just immediately started to shake. My whole body was shaking because of the trauma I was experiencing. I was crying and I was shaking probably for about four hours. Uh, My husband, he was like, oh we need to call an ambulance what's happening and I was just like I don't want to go to a hospital I, I don't want mm-hmm. someone to look into my like I had so many bad experiences of mm-hmm. doctors telling me there's nothing or so I was just like okay I just want to know what this is before we do anything so I was really happy to have my midwives to be able to contact um, who helped me give birth so I did that and they said well it sounds like a prolapse Um, but we of course we can't say for sure. I googled prolapse and I could definitely confirm uh, to the like I I looked at the images of a prolapse so I could say yes this is for sure a prolapse and my journey started there (laughs) so to speak. I was completely depressed for about maybe four weeks. I didn't get out of bed. Uh, I I thought my life was over. the The limiting sensations was really when I was standing up and walking, and the chafing, like it's it it feels like a tampon is falling out all the time. Uh,
0: I hate that feeling. It's the worst feeling. I like. I feel like every woman listening can imagine that feeling.
1: Yeah, Ugh. I think so. And just not being able to remove it, like it's yeah. there and it's your own vagina creating it like it's so weird. And it's just it made me depressed, for sure.
0: Can you explain what a prolapse is? Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, and I didn't know this, uh, as I told you before mm-hmm. uh, I had it. So a prolapse is basically when one side or many sides of the vaginal walls in the vaginal canal is um, being pulled down so traditionally or the medical system would say it's collapsing it's falling Mm -hmm. like the vaginal wall is falling down But I would say the definition is now due to the new science that it's a pulling of scar tissue. So scar tissue has appeared in your vagina in one way or another, usually connected to trauma. And it can be due to giving birth, but it can also be other types of traumas, emotional or physical. Wow. Yeah. So this creates scar tissue or adhesions in your vaginal canal, in the vaginal walls. And this creates a pulling. So the the scar tissue, what happens with the tissue is that it kind of, it becomes um, dense. So so from being like this, suddenly it it looks Uh like this. It's hard. Blood flow can't come in here. So it can't get oxygen. Like all the cells Uh here can't get oxygen. They can't get nutrients. And what it does is that it creates an imbalance in the whole vaginal canal. So it's a pulling here and the vaginal wall that continues continues up here, it doesn't have the strength to stay up. So it comes yeah. down toward the vaginal opening. And then, of course, we have three organs in our pelvis. It's the bladder, it's the uterus and it's the rectum. And they add because they all have some weight So they will also add kind of some pressure Pressure. on that vaginal wall. So the poor little vaginal wall trying to stand up, but due to the scar tissue that is pulling and the organ, it comes down and it falls (gasps) toward the vaginal opening. And sometimes it comes all the way out.
0: Which is what happened in your case.
1: Yes. So I had probably a grade three. There are four grades. So it can be even more like hanging out of the mine was like it was mm-hmm. just coming out of the opening
0: that's wild i th- i feel like most women don't know about this like the actual severity of pelvic floor damage and why we should really work on those pelvic floor muscles i had because you hear about it all the time you hear oh you you should work on your pelvic floor but i think a lot of people don't know the repercussions of why and, like, the severity of it. Yeah. So then I also imagine, like, not only that very uncomfortable feeling of having a tampon in and not being able to take it out or shove it back in. I imagine you also can't... Sex is difficult with that. Or you can't have sex.
1: I couldn't even imagine. Like, I felt so disgust by mm-hmm. myself. I, I yeah. felt... I didn't feel like a woman. Like, mm-hmm. the, I lost it when I... Like, it's so, I think... In a way, when I look at it just more now, if I would see an image of prolapse, in a way I'm like, that doesn't really matter, you know, but having all of these sensations, also not being able to connect emotionally with your self and vagina and pelvic yeah. floor and all like everything just adds up. And I mean, we didn't have sex for probably one and a half years or something yeah. like that
0: that's so hard. Right, because then it becomes a snowball effect of like you're not feeling like a woman or good about yourself, sex is difficult, lack of intimacy, lack of connection with your partner. Like it just becomes this crazy snowball effect that you could never imagine. Yeah, exactly.
1: And and that also affects your whole family. Like same yes. thing if you do like a positive investment in your health, that will affect and all the negative sides will have a spillover on them too.
0: Right. So once you identified that it was a prolapse, how did you begin to heal? Like, what were, what were the steps you took to heal? Yeah. So first, being really, really down in my
1: deep dark hole for a few weeks, I did mm-hmm. some research because I was like, how many women have prolapse? And about fifty percent of all women have to face a prolapse during their lifetime, which I was like, why, why didn't I know? It's a huge percentage. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I was, I was shocked. And again, like incontinence, same types of numbers. It's just, there's so much in women's pelvic floor going on. So I think something started to build up in me and also that I didn't get the support like from where I had really, I had already recognized that something was wrong after the mm-hmm. first birth, but no one supported me. And I think I've always had this belief in my body that, and in like in all bodies, that we are capable of more than what we are seeing in this world right now. Yeah. So I... I woke up one day and I was just so furious I was so angry with what I was going through what all women are going through who have to face a prolapse I it was I was so angry and then in that moment it was really big for me it was a spiritual moment actually because I could be so so determined and decided i am going to heal whatever it takes i'm just going to heal and i had no clue how like even the more simpler symptoms i had not been able to manage or heal so but in that moment i kind of made a deal with the universe that this is going to happen so I continued to use Dr. Google. Still in Swedish, though, so Dr. Took, Google. <laughs> yeah. So it took some more time until I realized, "hmm, I can do this in English." And then it didn't take long till I started to find women who had healed prolapse naturally. I had to dig quite deep, but one of the first methods that I found was called hypopressives. It's a breathing technique which ah. is yes it's so amazing it's just every woman should do this like every woman should be practicing this because it's like it, it's definitely an investment in your pelvic floor for sure for real it's not like kegels at all uh, so many women are practicing kegels not getting results or even getting worse than they are because they have an over pelvic floor so adding tension mm. to that pelvic floor will make any symptoms that they are working on worse. So I started to train uh, hy- hypopressives with um, a teacher. I couldn't find anyone in sw- Sweden. So I found one in Scotland and I started to practice 10 minutes every day. And that's all you need to practice to, to start to seeing results. And after three weeks, when I was practicing, I I had the most wonderful sensation. I felt a lift and a connection in my pelvic floor. So it was like (gasps) everybody, everybody, everybody. Yeah. All the the bladder, the uterus and the rectum. Everything was just kind of. Everybody. Everybody (laughs) was on the train up in my body. So it was really. Cool. Yeah. It was so like i have never ever felt that sensation before kegels cannot you know compare
0: are you someone who loves deep chats with your besties you walk away from these kinds of conversations feeling so filled up you enjoy a good deep dive about things like body image diet culture perfectionism jealousy and therapy if so then gal is the podcast for you episodes are designed to make you feel like you're sitting down with your closest besties to have a thoughtful conversation about whatever is weighing on you if you like to talk about hard things in a light-hearted way then this is the podcast for you just search GalPels over on itunes or spotify and tune into new episodes every thursday and be sure to follow gal Pals over on instagram and tiktok at gal podcast
1: So having this heaviness and this bulging and chafing all day long, feeling this like opposite, I could actually move everything back where it should be. That was amazing. And about six weeks after I started, uh, so still 10 minutes every day, I could start to feel the symptoms reversing. It was just a couple of minutes like here and there throughout the day. It wasn't like, oh, suddenly, poof, everything was gone. I had to work for that for two more years. But it was such a relief because when you have a severe pelvic floor dysfunction, the only thing you can think about is your pelvic floor, which is so extremely life-limiting because you can't be fully present with anything else. You're just constantly yes. aware of your pelvic floor. Like you shouldn't be aware of your pel- pelvic floor. Your pelvic floor should be there and support you in your daily life. That's a reflexive pelvic floor. It's a healthy pelvic floor. But when you have a dysfunction that, that disturbs you on that level, it's horrible. It's like you're in a prison in your own yeah. mind just thinking about this. So just having two minutes of relief, not thinking about it, was like freedom. And it also, for me, it was an indicator that I can really do this. Like I can reverse the prolapse, I can heal. So that was the starting point. And then I added quite many more methods uh, too. I, I kind of became a nerd <laughs> in healing the yeah. floor. And it became a really explorative journey where I could grow uh, and get to know my body from a completely new perspective.
0: That is so empowering. The feeling of being able to heal your body naturally like that, you know, it takes that dedication, though, and doing it without seeing results to see those results. I think that's the hardest part for today's world is we want everything to be instant and healing is not instant. Like you will you have to do those breathing exercise every day for three weeks before you see results. And it's just trusting the process yes yeah it's really That's challenging. amazing yeah so hypopressives that is really really cool when should a woman start working with a hypopressives instructor well I would have loved to know about this method when I was a teenager I, I think know, right you know
1: yeah so many you know, things <laughs> I, yeah 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 for sure but that's more like a dream scenario, I guess. Mm-hmm. Working preventively is, of course, also like more the dream scenario. But more women now are becoming aware when they get pregnant that you know, oh, maybe I should. W- what should I do with my pelvic floor? Because people also know that you know you can't do Kegels only because you might get over tensed and delivering a baby with an over tensed pelvic floor is not a good idea.
0: (laughs) Right. All the no, please dilate, please get soft, please. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's optimal. Uh, But I found, as you know, hypopressives way after both my kids were born and they had a huge impact on my health anyway so like it's never too late to start I'm actually working with women I think the oldest one is 93 uh and amazing yeah she's seeing results like it's it's yeah it's amazing and And many women actually get symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction, not necessarily after giving birth, but connected to menopause. Mm -hmm. So either before, during, or after, because of the hormonal changes, which affects the pelvic floor deeply. So many women in that age also have pelvic floor dysfunction. So I think, you know, connected to pregnancy or connected to menopause. Like that's when most women at least feel, okay, I need to do something. And that's when most start.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Can you walk us through what a hypopressives session looks like? Or what kind of breathing? Like when you say breathing, I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, I can breathe. I'm breathing, nothing's working. Can you walk us through like what you really mean? Absolutely. So hypopressives, it's actually the name comes
1: from um, hypo means low and pressive means pressure. So it's low pressure. It's actually the only exercise in the world that takes off the pressure off the pelvic floor when you exercise all other exercises increases pressure Ooh. if you're running if you're lifting weights if you're mm-hmm. i mean some yoga positions of course if you're inverted uh, that will take off the pressure uh, so that's an exception but otherwise like gravity will always pull on your pelvic floor when walking when um doing like living your life so hyperpressives does the opposite it takes away the pressure from the pelvic floor and it's built Upon three um, three fundamental principles, it's alignment. So it's very specific positions where we activate something that is called myofascial slings in the body. So. Do you know what fascia is? No, please walk us through that. Mm. So fascia is actually the body's largest organ. It's what's... Whoa. Hold- <laughs> it's what holds us together. So the skin is a part of the fascia. The fascia, if you have you eaten chicken and kind of taken out like a white thin layer from like a, <laughs> Yes, so I much,
0: don't yeah. I actually don't eat meat, but I know exactly what you're talking about cuz I used to eat meat. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's so, a really great visual though for everybody.
1: Yeah. So it's it's like it's inside the muscles. It's uh, wraps around the muscles. It's inside the organs. It's it wraps around the organs like it's everywhere throughout our bodies and what the new science is showing is that the nerve endings when they kind of stop they dissolve into the fascia so the fascia is actually like the the furthest or like the last step of the nervous system like it's the last station Mm. so we get the signal first into the fascia and then the nervous system and then the brain so what a myofascial sling is is a combination of fascia and muscles and they are the the these slings uh, new science again is showing that certain body parts are more connected so for example one myofascial sling goes from the right shoulder all the way down inside the pelvis to the left heel. So, if we have so a right injury, shoulder, yeah, like in the right shoulder, we can actually have a symptom in our left leg somewhere because, yeah, that's so, huge. Yeah, because everything is connected like in the body. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. I think we actually forget that, but honestly, the chicken visual is so powerful because, yeah, that white but gross but that white thing it does it's like all throughout the chicken and it connects all the whole body of the chicken what yeah and mind is
1: blown yes and it 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 runs in the pelvic floor too so when we Mm. position our bodies to activate the myofascial sling so hyperpressives is a strength training exercise also like we really activate the muscles so we're activating everything from top of the head to our toes. It's, it's very like conscious positions that we are placing our body in. So alignment is like, it's the foundation of a house. If we're building a house, a hypopressive house, that's like the foundation, the alignment. Then the, the first floor, the lateral breath, which is a 360 degree breath in the rib cage. So we're not Mm -hmm. breathing with the belly. We're using the rib cage to really expand on the inhale and contract on the exhale. So Mm -hmm. we're working this movement is directly connected to our pelvic floor, how we're breathing. So the, the posture through the alignment and this movement in the rib cage that goes 360 so it's not only out to the sides it's to the backwards and front and diagonally so all directions to really activate the diaphragm which is the big breathing muscle inside of the rib cage so that's that's the first floor and then comes the maybe the roof already because there are only three parts um which is called the apnea it's where you do not breathe it's it's a um, pause in breathing so what Ooh. we do yeah so okay. th- this is actually what freedivers are doing apnea it's um, it's not a sleep apnea uh, <laughs> when you fall asleep yeah. sometimes people stop to breathe it's the same thing because we're not breathing but we're doing it consciously so what happens is we take these lateral breaths And then after we breathe out, we don't have any air inside of the lungs, but we're doing a false inhalation with the rib cage only. So we don't have any air in the lungs. They are super tiny, small up here. And then we open up the rib cage without any air. And that creates a vacuum in the belly and and the pelvic floor. So everything is kind of sucked up. If you want to, I can show you. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm like breathing as you're talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So here is
1: my rib cage. Yep. So I'm just going to take one lateral breath. Yep.
0: Yep. I'm seeing the rib cage expand. Yeah. Now exhaling. <sighs> and I here see comes the Yeah. I see. Oh, I see. So you're not breathing in that moment. Exactly.
1: So, it's a false inhalation. It's called a false inhalation because we are doing with the rib cage, the movement of the rib cage, similar, or it's exactly the same as if we inhale, but we don't take in any air. So we leave the space because the lungs are so tiny. So the space that otherwise would they would be filled with air. All the organs uh-huh. kind of get sucked up toward the lungs. I see.
0: Yep. I can picture that clearly. Yeah. And what happens is
1: this kind of vacuum effect in the in the core and the pelvic floor. So not only pelvic floor dysfunction, but also diastasis recti, hypopressives is hugely like all pelvic floor dysfunctions. I don't know any that hypopressives is not good for. And same thing with the, the abdominal separation, the uh, diastasis recti when the Abdominals don't really come back together after pregnancy Mm -hmm. and
0: closes fully. Yeah. Wow. That is mind blowing and really cool. So it's those type of exercises that you've done that you did in your postpartum period that really led to the prolapsed vagina, right? That's the correct word. Actually being sucked in. I guess I can see how like with a non-science background, I can see how doing those exercises pulled everything up. Imagine not doing that. Like that's actually wild to me. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So then tell me what led to your, so you co-founded Moonrise Health. Now I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the story here. Did this inspire you to help other women and co-found this health practice? Tell us more about that. Yeah, that
1: was an amazing journey. When I realized, like, of course, I was just mind blown by this whole experience. And, you know, why Why don't women know about hypopressives? I kept asking myself. So I posted in a Facebook group that, you know, I experienced this, I've been practicing this and it's been so helpful. And immediately I was also a hypopressives trainer at that point. Immediately, like I had a couple of hundred women who wanted to train with me. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, (laughs) and I can like sit one, one, one and one. It's going to take me years. Yeah, no way. And then, you know, with kind of the, the, when you realize how many women are experiencing pelvic floor dysfunctions and my husband is a tech entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. it was actually his idea. He was like, because I was so frustrated. I wanted to help more women more effectively. And he was yeah. like, well, let's build it online. And I was like, oh, okay, y- you know how to do that. so yeah that's the story and uh, we've been running it now for a little over two years i think
0: i love that so then client so walk us through how does someone become a client of moonrise health like what are your offerings like how does that work
1: yeah so of course our main offering at this point is around pelvic floor dysfunctions so that's the main focus and Yeah, so women women come to us usually when they have some kind of symptom of pelvic floor dysfunction, and we have listed out about sixty symptoms. I think that that are connected to pelvic floor dysfunction, prolapse being one of them. So Mm, there, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of symptoms connected to pelvic floor dysfunction, and um, then we do an onboarding with them because we really want to understand. So many women are facing multiple symptoms. And usually if you go to a doctor, you go to a doctor for one symptom and then to maybe another doctor for a different symptom. Like no one is really fully taking in what you are experiencing as a whole, like on the emotional side, on the physical side, everything. So we do this onboarding with them and then make sure, of course, that they can practice hypopressives. There are some contraindications to practice. So, of course, we want to make sure that they are safe. And then we have an online program uh, for them. So we have 10, 10 minute videos to like follow along videos to practice every day. And you can do it your own speed from the comfort of your home. But of course, it's really important to get this technique right. So actually, many women search on YouTube because they want to learn hyperpressives. And maybe they, they, yeah. can aff- they can't they can afford like a PT session or such. And they uh, search on YouTube. They try to do, imitate what they are seeing. And they get it wrong. What happens then is that the symptoms will be worse, which is the opposite of what we want. So that's a really important milestone in our course that once you have all these building blocks, alignment, lateral breath, and the apnea, you send us a video so you get personalized coaching and, mm-hmm. and we can check that the technique is right. And then you get access to the rest of the course with all the amazing hypopressive flows that you can continue to do for at least three to six months is the recommendation to see what the, of the method can offer your health. So and most women get, you know, some kind of results before that but many, yeah yeah. I mean many women continue I mean I've done it now for probably four years is it and I still see benefits I I still that's amazing yeah
0: yeah I mean because we, we never stop using our pelvic floor it is like you said with us throughout every day all day so you mentioned it's 10 minute exercises a lot of moms out there have trouble finding the time to have 10 minutes for themselves do you have any advice for them finding that 10 minutes, how to make it a routine, how to put it into practice? Tell us your advice for that. Mm,
1: yeah, so that's another reason we wanted to create this online you know you can do it on demand so whichever time is good for you you can if if you have a small baby you can do it you know the the baby is on the floor you are on the floor next to the baby and you, you can kind of just do it the baby will enjoy looking at you if if you have a toddler <laughs> maybe they should be sleeping or you know it's it's good if you when you learn the technique it, you can focus at least when you watch the videos but you don't have to practice every day and if you feel super duper tired one day don't practice like don't force yourself to we want to work with the body not you know draining it so that's that's definitely
0: an important part i would say i love that yeah oh man those small babies let me tell you i did not take advantage enough of when my child was not moving because again the postpartum anxiety it's like you don't have any brain space left for that or if you're feeling such discomfort in your pelvic floor area like your mind can do nothing but obsess over that feeling I think we've all had that feeling of discomfort somewhere in our bodies and like you mentioned it's so difficult to be present and that's the last thing we want like when our babies are little like it's really nice to be able to be present for them if you can't do it the first time around i'm revenge second time around (laughs) being there for my child being there for that unborn child yeah finding that time is so important i love that well thank you philippa so much for coming on today and talking to us about pelvic floor health moonrise health and hypopressives. Wow. See, I just, I feel like I learned so much in this 48 minutes. It's wild. Like my mind is truly blown. Like I'm actually going to like sign off with you and tell everyone I know. Like I want, like I actually have like five people that I'm like, I need to, that I know are like kind of nerdy about this stuff. Cause that's the other thing too, is I feel like once we become moms and once we've like birthed a human from our bodies there is no choice but to have that sort of mind-body connection because literally I feel like it's a it's a skill that lies dormant in us until we have a baby and then we have no choice but be but to become present of our bodies so a lot of us become nerds about our own bodies and what happens in them and it's just yeah, I'm rambling, but I'm just mind blown. Thank you, Philippa. Oh, thank oh, you. and yes, hold on. Tell us where we, everybody can find you. Yeah, so our website is moonrise.health. Moonrise.health. And are you on the socials
1: as well? Well, I have a YouTube channel where I actually, I, um, um, I talk about all the methods, not only hypopressives, but other methods to, to heal pelvic floor dysfunction. And it's uh, Moonrise Philippa.
0: Ooh, yes. And I will include that in the description. I'm so jazzed by YouTube. I love YouTube so much. So I'm really excited to include that in the show notes. Everyone, thanks for listening. You know where to find Philippa and Moonrise Health and catch us back next week for the next episode. Best of luck to everybody's pelvic floor after this episode. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the New Mamas podcast. This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash new mamaspodcast. Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at new Podcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye.